Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports. Yes, it's day two back from vacation. I have to admit, I can't even remember my vacation anymore. It's been so busy. Lawsuits and court filings and and Mike Flynn's uh, case finally dismissed by Judge Sullivan. Uh, What a flurry of news that's broken out over the last couple of days. We're going to try to bring you up to speed on all of that, plus a very important story uh, that we broke this morning about the founder of Papa John's, John Schnatter. If you remember a couple of years ago, he was forced from his job um, uh, over a race controversy uh, comments he had made it turns out that the way the media reported those contents and what actually was in the transcripts very different and it took a former fbi director lewis free to expose the misreporting and the dishonest portrayal of john schnatter we have the full report from lewis free former fbi director for bill clinton former federal judge under george hw bush a bipartisan respected figure in America. He dug into the John Schnatter case, the Papa John's case, and found an entirely different story from the one the news media told you. I know you're shocked by that because that didn't happen during Russia or Ukraine or any other scandals. It's probably, I know you know, it happens all the time. Well, we're going to dig into that a little bit. We're going to bring you up to speed on a lot of big breaking news and also A very special guest coming on today, Laura Trump. Yes, the daughter-in-law of President Trump, uh, the wife of Eric Trump, here to talk about elections, the election fight, some big developments in the court system today, and, of course, uh, the growing uh, expectation that maybe Laura Trump herself will be the next Trump to run for office, yes, in the North Carolina Senate. Uh, There was a poll out yesterday where... Laura Trump was in the lead among Republicans vying for that seat in 2022. Now, she hasn't announced, but her name has been floated out there, and she rose right to the top of the uh, polls. We'll get to all of that, our exclusive interview with Laura Trump. But first, this word from our very important sponsors and advertisers. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. In just a few minutes, yes, Laura Chump is in the house. She's joining us. We're going to have a very important interview, so much to talk about on the electoral integrity um, uh, front and on uh, the Trump family front. Lots to talk about. Can't wait to get to that. But first, uh, some breaking news. Uh, Just a few minutes ago, just before this podcast started, Judge Emmett Sullivan, yes, the guy that presided over the Michael Flynn case, Uh, I I think the right word, uh, it's a factually accurate word, is begrudgingly 
dismiss the case against Mike Flynn. It's a mood issue because the president's already pardoned Mike Flynn. He did that the day before Thanksgiving, a story that we broke here first at Just the News. But uh, Judge Sullivan uh, dismissed the case today, saying that it was a moot issue then because the Justice Department had no further standing because the, the Flynn had been pardoned. But what's interesting is the judge then went out of his way. That's all he needed to do is just say, I dismiss this based on a moot. But he went on for another 38, 40 pages to say how if the president hadn't pardoned uh, Mike Flynn, how he might not have dismissed the case, how he resented what the Justice Department did in requesting that the charges be withdrawn. Uh, this is a very political document coming from what should be a purely legal office, the Office of Judiciary. I encourage you all to read it. It's up on our site. Uh, the actual story is written by my colleague Joe Weber. The um, underlying document, the court uh, ruling is worth digging into. It's in the dig in section, so you just click on it, read it. But uh, some very interesting sentiments, I would say, opinions, maybe even uh, some political bias, uh, very clear in this ruling. Take a look at it. At the end of the day, the only thing the American public will remember in history was that Mike Flynn was pardoned and Judge Sullivan ultimately dismissed the case uh, and the charges as that being moot because of the pardon. But uh, let's read that um, ruling. It's worth taking a look at. And you decide for yourself whether you think Judge Emmett Sullivan was a neutral arbiter or an advocate. Uh, a lot of people have debated that. We know we've had Sidney Powell, Mike Flynn's lawyer, on this show talking about uh, her concerns with Judge Emmett Sullivan's conduct. We've had other people on the show defending Judge Sullivan. Uh, you make up your own mind after you read the ruling. There's 42 pages for a decision that really we would have only required two pages. Um, so read the other 38 and 40 and tell me what you think. All right. And uh, before we get to Laura Trump, she's coming up in a few minutes. I wanted to bring um, to uh, you a story I broke this morning. It is a report. You can read the whole report on Just the News. It's in the dig in button of the story I wrote, but it's written by former FBI Director Lewis Freed, who was FBI Director from 93 to 2001. He served under Bill Clinton, was appointed, served all eight years under Bill Clinton, and then uh, served a little bit under President George W. Bush before he was replaced by Robert Mueller. And uh, before that, he was a, a federal judge, and before that, a famous FBI agent who broke a lot of the big mob cases in New York, a very respected street agent, one of the few street agents who later uh, became an FBI director. I think he was the fifth FBI director, the fourth successor to um, J. Edgar Hoover. But in any case, uh, he was hired privately to take a look at the race controversy that broke out a couple of years ago at Papa John's, where John Schnatter, you, if you don't remember John Schnatter, he's the guy that was always on television with football stars like uh, Peyton Manning pitching Papa John's pizza. Those um, commercials were iconic NFL moments. If you were watching a game, you could not have missed them. They were omnipresent. He was the guy in the red shirt, the black hair, uh, always playing the straight man to to um, the funny uh, things that people like um, uh, Peyton Manning would do on the commercial. Big fixture in the NFL scene. And a couple of years ago, he's forced to resign with allegations that he had used the N-word in a, a tape-recorded conversation in that he had, uh, these are the actual reports, say, the Associated Press, where I used to work for 20 years, reported that he had criticized uh, in a, um, uh, a earnings call the decision by NFL players to kneel. He was he criticized them. Uh, those are headlines. You can't miss them. I embed them in the story for you to look at. Well, Lewis Free did something that the news media didn't. He went back and got the actual 
transcripts of the two conversations that caused this controversy, caused a cancel culture moment in the boardroom, caused the founder, the chairman, the CEO of one of the largest pizza companies in the world, Papa John's, to step down, John Schnatter. Well, an amazing thing happened when he got the full transcripts, the entire transcripts, the full words that John Schnatter spoke. Guess what? In the earnings call, he never once mentioned the NFL players kneeling, never criticized them. Instead, he criticized the NFL leadership for not resolving the concerns that the players had that caused them to kneel. Again, he didn't even mention the kneeling. He didn't mention the thing. He said it was a debacle that the NFL leadership, a failure of leadership in the NFL to address these players' concerns and make their concerns uh, be resolved. That's a big difference from saying I criticize players from doing it. You can look at the actual words in Louis Free's report, and then you can go take a look at like places like what the Associated Press and UPI and other people reported. It's almost as though the AP and the UPI didn't have the transcripts, or if they did, they did some really creative editing to create a false narrative. And that's what uh, Judge Free, what Director Free concludes in this report, that John Schneider, in fact, did not engage in any racial bias, had no racial animus. Not only did they look at the transcripts, they interviewed African-Americans and other people who had been around Schneider for 40 years, couldn't find a single person who knew of a racially offensive or inappropriate comment, event, moment in Schneider's life. In fact, uh, there were... Uh, ministers and African-American leaders and community leaders coming forward saying they were angry at the way Schneider got treated in the media, couldn't believe it, and that they were mad that they weren't consulted, that no one came to the African-American community and asked them their opinion of John Schneider. He had been a large figure, donor, supporter in Louisville of many of the African-American causes the NFL. But the important thing is the news media reported something, and Louis Free has now shown it is not in the transcript, not even close. That's the first one. We talked about the earnings call. There was a second one, the one that was the knockout blow that caused um, Papa John, John Schneider, to uh, resign from his pizza uh, executive's job was the claim that he had used the N-word in a uh, uh, what was supposed to be a role-playing uh, racial training seminar brought to them by a Democratic-connected uh, marketing firm that was working for him. And the, the story was, he said, uh, the quote in, in Forbes was something to the fact that Colonel Sanders used the N-word and I get treated differently. Uh, here's what was cut out of the, the news story, the Forbes news story and others who reported it. It turns out that John Schneider did say, he did in fact say, Colonel Sanders used the N-word and I never use it. That part of the quote was cut out to make it look like he was racist when, in fact, he was actually condemning what Colonel Sanders said. And in fact, what he said in the conversation, the reason he wouldn't use the N-word, why he, he thought it was wrong, was, in fact, because he saw prejudice as growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, growing up as a child, and he did not want to engage in that, did not want to condone it, and he couldn't believe that he was being, uh, while being a strong advocate for African Americans, was being criticized when someone like Colonel Sanders went around using the N-word. Um, what a difference the actual transcript makes to the public's understanding, and what a disservice Forbes magazine and others did by only reporting part of the words and cutting out the context, and quite frankly, the, the defining part of this. I mean, John Schneider used the N-word to point out, he said, I don't use that word like Colonel Sanders. He was saying someone else used it, I don't use it. And then he explained why he didn't use it, because he saw so much racial strife that he hated earlier in his childhood. He wanted to condemn it. He didn't believe in the name calling and the racism. Had that been reported, 
one has to wonder, would John Schneider really have resigned and been forced to walk away from the pizza franchise he started in his father's back room of his tavern back in 1984? Uh, This is a really powerful cancel culture in the boardroom moment. It's a really powerful condemnation of a former FBI director, Louis Free, condemning inaccurate, in fact, he called it clearly inaccurate reporting um, in the um, news media that misled the American public and created an unnecessary moment of racial strife where none existed. Uh, an unbelievable report. Take a look at it. You can read the whole thing on justthenews.com. The story's under my byline. You click on dig in. You can see Louis Free's full report. You don't have to take my word for anything to hit the dig in button, read it. We're going to try to get John Schnatter on this podcast in the next few days so we can talk to him. He's been mostly silent for the last couple of years. This Louis Free private independent review of this moment really is going to change the dialogue, uh, certainly the facts around this matter. And it is a strong warning sign to all of us who are in the media, those who read the media, consume it, that the behavior of the professional news media these last four or five years, particularly in the Trump era, uh, has been uh, less than stellar, less than good, uh, less than honest, less than complete, less than accurate, too often, far too many times. Uh, The Russia case alone is a perfect example. But here we have a brand new case where major, famous, big name news media got a story wrong, according to the former FBI director, Louis Free, and he lays it out there so you can see the underlying evidence and what the media report. And you can make up your own mind. We give you everything at justthenews.com to do that. We don't want to make up your mind for you. All right. I'm sure we're going to talk about the cancel culture uh, movement, the news media a lot with our next guest uh, coming up right after the commercial break, Laura Trump. Yes, the daughter-in-law of President Trump, the wife of Eric Trump, somebody whose name is being uttered in the political winds of North Carolina as a potential Republican Senate candidate in 2022. Laura Trump joins us in a few minutes right after this commercial break. And remember, please help support our great sponsors, our great advertisers. Their advertising, their support of this show makes what we do at Just the News possible. The best way you can say thank you to them is to buy their products and services and give them a boost like they give us a boost. All right, we'll be back in a few seconds with Laura Trump. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, Laura Trump, is joining us. She needs no introduction. Everybody in the world knows who she is today, but uh, certainly one of the most important advisors inside the Trump family, inside the Trump campaign. And uh, Laura, I just want to welcome you to the show. Well, it's great to be on with you, John. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to have you on. And I know so much has been going on. I wonder if you can bring us up to speed right now, just how things are inside uh, the Trump campaign as you're fighting these various uh, lawsuits. You've got uh, the Arizona Supreme Court now agreeing to uh, look at uh, one element. You've got uh, Justice Alito, you know, on the edge of looking at another. How is the campaign feeling about the course of these litigations? Well, look, we still remain incredibly confident. We know that Donald Trump won this election. Sadly, we've become accustomed to having to work twice, three times, four times as hard as I think anybody else would ordinarily in a campaign or as a candidate. But you know what? It actually has prepared us in some ways for this moment right now. I think we can all agree that any other candidate, uh, any other president seeking reelection would have conceded, would have thrown in the towel, would not be moving forward in the way that Donald Trump is. But I think the important thing that we all need to remember is that it is not just about this election right now. This is about the future of America. This is about knowing that we have a process in place in the United States of America that is legitimate and every legal vote gets counted and every illegal vote is not counted. And um, I think you can very clearly see in many ways how we have presented fraud in numerous states across the country. And this is just the fraud that we know about. People have, we have hundreds of people that have signed affidavits alleging right. what they saw or what happened to them. Uh, you just pointed out, you know, Pennsylvania, we've seen some really great things happen. We've had the opportunity throughout the uh, past couple weeks to hold hearings um, in front of the state legislatures and bring these folks forward and have them tell exactly what they saw or what happened to them. Um, and I think this is a great step. I think that this is part of the process that we need to have happen in order to see, you know, what ultimately the, the outcome of this election was, because Anyone that believes that a guy like Joe Biden, who could barely scrape together 11 people for a campaign event, no one believes that he got 80 million votes. No one believes that he got more votes, uh, you know, over 10 million more votes than the most popular Democrat in American history in Barack Obama. But that is what has happened, and that is that's where we are right now. So we're moving forward. We feel really strong about the fact that uh, we have, you know, these lawsuits that have moved forward. The state legislatures are, are actually working with us, which is fantastic. They uh, hold the sole authority to designate the, uh, the electors. electors in every right. state. Um, so, look, we're, we're having the process play out. We're moving forward every step of the way, and uh, we're going to see what happens. But at, at the end of this, I still feel, ve feel very strongly, and I think if you ask any of our legal team and, and anyone currently at the campaign, they'll tell you the same thing. What we have seen would shock most people, and, and you haven't even heard the beginning of it. If this is what we know about, John, think about what we don't know about. And there are some lawmakers now for the first time trying to acquire subpoena power, which will really, I think, elicit the sort of evidence that's been kept away from the public thus far. Um, when uh, you had a tweet this morning, I've been talking about it all day. And so I want to ask you about it because I thought, you know, I've seen time and again, uh, election fraud is disputed. It says on all of the tweets. And then if you uh, you go there, uh, it's a baseless claim that there's there's no basis to anything. You have an incredible uh very simple allegory that you used in your uh, tweet this morning about the flipping a coin. And why don't you tell us what, what point you made with this? I, I just love that. I've been talking about it all day. 
Well, thank you. I, but this is this is true. If you if you break it down like this, imagine this. Imagine flipping a coin over four million times and getting heads fifty two percent of the time. Then at three a.m. you flip it one hundred and fifty four thousand times and it's one hundred percent tails. That is the state of Michigan, and that is exactly what happened on election night. So. When you break it down like that, it very clearly is a jarring situation to people. That is not possible, John. It's just not. It's not not possible. No. Uh, It's the best explanation. I've been talking to all these great lawyers. And I looked at this. That's the simplest way of making this point. (laughs) Because that's what really did happen. And um, it it is remarkable. And, you know, what's interesting is I I think that the elitists and and the political power structure and the mainstream media have ignored it. But increasingly, you're seeing a number of people, the everyday Americans, uh, believing that something bad happened here, that this isn't the way we want our elections to be conducted, that votes are being found and counted six and seven days later, and that there are secret truck loads going in. It sounds more like the old Soviet Republic than the great America we know. Do you think in the court of public opinion that this is sinking in faster even as the court of law is slow to adjudicate? Oh, I think 100%. If I told you the number of people that come up to me in the grocery store, I took my kids to the mall on Sunday because it was raining and cold in New York and there was nothing to do. Right. Uh, Everything's closed. The people that came up to me and said, this president won. We know that Donald Trump won. He got ripped off. I mean, people know. People can very clearly feel what happened. I, I've said before, I was an athlete for most of my life. Right. And I think most people can appreciate, you know, John, if you played a better opponent, if the other team was more prepared than you were, if they just had a better game. But you also know the difference when the reps have been paid off and when, you know, your opponent is wearing metal cleats and is gashing, you know, your goalie in the thigh. These are what this is how people in America are feeling. Like, you know, that something is wrong whenever deep down in your gut, you know that that it's, it's wrong. It's probably wrong. And, and just statistically, you look at like that, the tweet that we just talked about, yeah. it's statistically impossible. impossible. And, yeah. you know, the, the Federalist had a great article that kind of laid out some of these things. Um, and I thought it was really smart, but you look down ballot, the down ballot races, Republicans all won. You're telling me that everybody voted down ballot Republican and then forgot to vote for the Republican at the top of the ticket, the head of the party. Give me a break. These kind of things just don't make sense to people. And, and you know what? They're demanding answers and rightly so. Yeah. And there's another phenomenon, which is a lot of the late votes that are counted. Those that come in after 10 or 11 have a, a, a large number of the down ballots empty, meaning they only filled in Joe Biden. Nothing down below is uh, the early data that we're seeing. We've been foying some of these um, uh, uh, voters and getting the names and starting to call them. And we're finding some interesting patterns there of people saying, I didn't vote or uh, I tried to vote and then someone had already voted for me. So we're, we're right. starting to see those those patterns. Um, beyond the Trump v. Biden thing, which is going to work itself out, there's the bigger issue of electoral reform and uh, uh President Trump over the weekend when he gave the speech in Georgia was very strong that he's going to push for electoral reform, particularly uh, valid signature validation, voter ID. Uh, do you think there's a will in the Congress uh, that no matter how this election ultimately turns out, that it's time to rein in some of these practices that got out of control? Well, I sure hope so. And uh, look, it may hinge on the uh, Senate vote in um 
Georgia, this runoff race. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But the reality is I think whenever you have to have an, a valid ID to go through the airport to get on an airplane, right. but you don't to, to go vote in the United States of America to arguably do something that is the most impactful thing for the future of our country, I think people are, are a little frustrated by how nonsensical it seems. And, you know, people saying, oh, well, it's, it's, it disenfranchises certain groups. It absolutely does not. You have to have a driver's license to drive a car. You have to have ID to get on a plane. And you know what? You should have some form of identification to state who you are. And if you are a, a legal citizen of the United States and of voting age, to go vote in a presidential or otherwise in any other election. And, and I think most people are, are coming around to that. And think about how different this election would be right now if that was the standard. But, but unfortunately, we've had people that have understood that it's beneficial to their party um, to have illegal people in the United States vote, to have no ID law whatsoever. It, it's sort of outrageous, and, and it almost doesn't feel like it should happen in the United States, but I, I certainly hope so. I think a lot of people after this election are, are standing up and demanding that something happens. There needs to be some major change in our election process because very clearly the universal vote by mail, which, by the way, we all were screaming from the rooftops, you this were is going to be a huge all problem. All summer, yep. Yeah, was, was a huge problem. The idea that you can you have up to, you know, like 40 days in some states plus to vote in a presidential election. What happened to going in on election day with an ID saying, here's who I am, and I would like to cast a vote for president of the United States. I, I don't know why that is such a, a far-fetched idea, but I think a lot of people would like to get back to a system closer to that. It's interesting. In the, uh, There was an important lawsuit today filed directly to the Supreme Court by the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxson, Republican, and he is, as the top law officer of uh, Texas, suing four other states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, saying, we followed the law, the Constitution here, which is we didn't make changes to our elections without the legislature approving them. But in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Georgia, they did. And that violates the Constitution. And we're, we're disenfranchised. And he asked the Supreme Court to throw out throughout or, or enjoin those states from being able to participate in the Electoral College. And in there, he said that he, he just says flatly. The, uh, these states use the excuse of COVID to create chaos in a system that would evade you know, all the constitutional protections that we had for voting. Do you see, uh, when you look back now, and it's always hard to see when you're in the middle of the election, but did you do you see that when you see four or five states that have the exact same uh, changes made, the exact same money coming in from Mark Zuckerberg and his Center for Tech and Civic Life, do you see sort of a, a larger hand that this seemed to be more thought out than just uh, chaos in the middle of COVID? Oh, without a doubt. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. I mean, you know, it, it feels it feels like we, we got taken in America. It, it feels like this was all orchestrated, that Look, there was a definite concerted effort on the part of the mainstream media to blow COVID out of proportion. Yes, it is a serious disease if you are of a, you know, a certain age, if you have underlying health conditions, right. if you have a weakened immune system. But for the vast majority of people, for children, for, for most people in America, 
this is a survivable, uh, you know, virus, and and it should have in no way impacted the the way that we voted in America, among many many other things. I mean, we don't even have enough time to get into that. But but truly, I I think that this from the beginning has been they they seized on this on the Democrat side and in the media, and they they ran with it because they knew that they could get these changes that would would make it very easy to cheat, very easy for for fraud to run rampant across the country, and in shockingly in, in key states that are needed to win the presidency. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think when you look back on it, I think a lot of people feel that way, like they got taken and like this was, you know, this was a scam. It's, uh, it is remarkable. And you look at the president's performance. I mean, he did pretty well in the last election, obviously. He picks up 11 million more votes. He's got more votes than any Republican in the history of America. Uh, and that's unusual. Usually a president struggles to get the same number of votes he got in his first election. Barack Obama went down in his second election. What do you what do you think of this coalition that your father in law has built? I mean, it's remarkable, right? It's there's African and Latinos that have joined. There are first time voters. There are uh, everyday Americans who stayed out of politics now voting. Um, what no matter what happens with this election, what happens to the 73 million person block in America? And how how can the Trump family, the Trump um uh, apparatus and others build upon what, what's been done for the Republican Party? Well, I mean, Donald Trump changed politics, period. He changed the Republican Party. Um, it, it truly has been a movement in America. What we've seen happen is unprecedented. And, and I really think that um, I've said this for a long time. When history looks back on this president, they will see what an incredible man he was, what an incredible job he did. And people will, will one day be able to fully appreciate what this man did um, in a very short time in office, more than most presidents dream of doing in two full terms in office. Um, He's gotten done already in one, and we hope to see the next four years for Donald Trump as well in the White House and and to see so much more happen. But look, I I think that you can't go through something like this as a family and not be changed as well. None of us had ever been involved in politics before this. Right. I don't know that any of us ever imagined being involved in politics, <laughs> yet here we are. Um, You're all in now. So I think, yeah, whether we like it or not, we're in. Um, so I think for all of us, look, we, we all plan to stay very active um, in whatever way we can um, over you know the next, who, who knows how long, hopefully over the next several decades, because the country is it has been changed again. This party has been changed. People have, you know, opened their eyes to the Republican Party, and so many people said, "Oh my gosh, maybe I've been a conservative this whole time." But it took Donald Trump to show them that that that's exactly you know who they were. Um, so we'll stay involved in one way or another. Um, I I don't know fully what it looks like yet. I think we're all still fighting this fight right now yeah. and trying to get it's hard get to plan through, you know it. through this situation. Yeah, but look, we'll we'll see what happens. I can assure you that uh, President Trump is going nowhere. He will be the head of this party for a long time to come, and and the rest of us feel the same way. We want to stay involved, and look, we want to see the right things happen in this country. Yeah, there's no doubt that um, that the president is indelibly changed the Republican Party, made it bigger and more dynamic in ways that we're still beginning to appreciate. I don't think we fully appreciate how much the party's changed. Now, atop your, your Twitter, you've always had this favorite thing. I always snicker every time I see this. North Carolina girl in New York City. And so a lot of people forget that you have a lot of roots in North Carolina. And so there was a poll out yesterday, and there were two Trumps in the lead of the poll. The president, not surprisingly, was the pick of 74% of North Carolina Republicans in 2024. They would love to see him run again even. 
but you were the second Trump in the, in the lead in the Senate race here. And I'm just curious what your reaction is to, to finish atop <laughs> for someone who hasn't even uh, declared as a candidate uh, to be atop <laughs> the Senate race uh, and to be the favorite of Republicans in North Carolina. What does that feel like? And uh, does your belly burn for politics um, some more after this? Oh, gosh. Well, I think we all need to take a deep breath after this one. Um, you know what? I, I grew up in North Carolina. It's my home state. My family all still live there. My parents still have and live in the house that I came home from the hospital to. No so, kidding. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it is my home, home, home. And and, and truly, um, it's, it's an honor to be considered in any way for a position like that and and I'm, I'm humbled and flattered that that you know people feel that way um, but I do think sadly you know it, it deters a lot of good people from running for politics to see what has happened to this president and, and I mean by and large our, our entire family we've all been targeted we've all been you know the the focus of negativity unlike anything I think any of us ever imagined um, but that said there, there's another side to it and that side is to see the way that you can positively impact people's lives and I've seen throughout this uh, president's first term in office the way that he is so beloved by so many because he truly has kept his promises he has delivered unlike you know any president in modern history and in, in numerous ways for people made life better easier and and really you know to see that it does make you say well gosh wouldn't it be great if we could continue that in some way wouldn't it be great to have more conservatives in uh, the Senate or in Congress in some variety and, you know, in any form in politics. I think to have, you know, young conservatives, especially a woman, would be amazing. But again, we're, we're tr still focused on this election right now. Um, yep. So we'll see what happens. With, and never say never, but I have nothing to declare as of today. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it is flattering to see that the, uh, the people of North Carolina are already looking ahead just in case. It's pretty, pretty amazing. I have one last anecdote, and I'm going to let you go because I know you've got other meetings to go to. But uh, I came up to Trump Tower back in, I think it was December 2015 or November 2015 and uh, saw the future president for a few moments. And I remember seeing uh, in some of the offices all these toys starting to uh, mount up. And I know I just saw Eric, uh, your husband, tweeting out about this. But you guys have been big toy for tots. Um, uh, supporters for a long time. And and I just wonder, you know, people don't see the side of the Trump family. They see all the conflict. They see the politics and all that. But on the backside, there's always something in the, in the area of charity going on. I'm just curious if you could talk about how your family, you know, gets so involved, not only around the holidays, but all the time in charitable efforts. They don't talk about it, but you're always involved in something trying to help people. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, we, we truly are. And um, I actually was just up on, on uh, my husband's floor, and that's where they have the huge display of the Toys for Tots stuff. I said if our son was here, we would have to, like, hide everything, <laughs> hide everything because he right. would open it all. Of course. Uh, but – yeah, but look, I've done um, so much with, I'm a big animal rescue advocate, right. and I've done so much with uh, rescue dogs, horses. I always am a huge advocate for adoption. It's a great time to adopt a pet if you're in the market. Um, Eric had for 10 years um, a charity called the Eric Trump Foundation, um, and its sole purpose was to donate money to St. Jude Children's Hospital. And wow. he raised tens of millions of dollars for, um, for St. Jude, and there's an ICU. CU and Surgery Center that is named after the Eric Trump Foundation at St. Jude. Um, and it was something that I, I, I can tell you, I've seen Eric negotiate 
pennies off of a dollar uh, because he knew that that was more money that would go to those kids. It's something that um, wow. impressed me from day one with him. And you're right. You never hear about it. You don't. Um, look, the, and the president himself has been philanthropic his entire life. You don't hear about those stories, but uh, I, the, the stories about him, you know, sponsoring a, a boys basketball team in the Bronx because they, they weren't going to be able to get uniforms that year. That's, you know, you, you hear all of these stories. They'll, they'll never come out in the, in the mainstream, mainstream way. Media. But um, I'll tell you, this this family, the Trump family, is incredibly charitable, incredibly uh, giving. And, and look, they all have known from day one how fortunate they are, and they're, they've been, you know, humbled to give back. And, and we continue to do that, and we're really proud of, of the toys that right now that we're collecting for the Toys for Tots. Yeah, it's such an important, uh, all those are all important uh, charities, but uh, it's so good, and it's so good to remind people that behind all the politics, there are just, you know, everyday things that the Trump family does that makes America better. So. Laura, I want to thank you so much for your time and all you're doing, and we wish you luck. And I know the next few weeks are probably going to be uh, full of a lot of work as you guys fight uh, <laughs> fight through the court system uh, to, to resolve this election. But thanks for taking the time, and we hope to have you back on soon. You got it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Laura. Have a good day. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, folks. We'll be right back to wrap things up in a few seconds right after this commercial break. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Laura Trump. I hope you get the time to go on to justthenews.com later today. Go look at this story about Papa John, John Schnatter, and what Louis Free, the former FBI director, found a remarkable story of media malfeasance in cancel culture in the boardroom, all avoidable, had facts, not emotion, had um, common sense, not sensationalism, predominated back in 2018 when John Schnatter was forced to step away from the company he founded. But the most important thing here is go take a look at what the media reported. You can see the actual stories in the story that I wrote. Go back and look at them and then look at what Louis Free found in the transcripts, how different the actual evidence in the transcript was from what these reporters alleged in the story. That's the great conundrum that American news media are facing today. They continue to get really big, important stories wrong. And in so doing, they destroy the reputations. This has gone back a while now, right? Richard Jewell, we just had the movie of Richard Jewell. You saw what happened to him. Wrong about that. We know about Wen Ho Lee, the guy, the lab, um, government lab guy who was wrongly accused of um, uh, leaking the W88 nuclear design to the Chinese when in fact he hadn't. Uh, we had the guy who was falsely accused 
um, of um, uh, carrying out the anthrax attacks at Fort Detrick when he wasn't the man. But more recently, Carter Page, right? Look at what Carter Page was called a spy when he was working for the CIA. Instead, he's called a Russian spy and derided. And now John Schneider called a racist. And when you find out what's in these transcripts, I think you're going to have a very different opinion than the one that the Associated Press and the Washington Post and New York Times, Forbes Magazine, UPI left us with in 2018 with stories that Louis Free now, the former FBI director, claims were inaccurate. And I think he makes a pretty good case because he gives us the transcripts to make up our own mind with. Check that out. Check out all the breaking news. We had a lot of big developments on the uh, front this morning. Uh, Texas uh, sued four states. Uh, claiming they uh, violated the Constitution the way they conducted their elections with mail-in ballot. We got the Arizona Supreme Court taking a look at one of the Trump appeals on an expedited basis, uh, and we're waiting to see if Justice um, Alito accepts the Trump campaign, a Republican, I should say, Republican lawsuit in Pennsylvania challenging the election results here. All of that breaking news always available to you at justthenews.com. Check us out often on your phone, on your computer, and soon... Yes, very soon. We'll have an app for your phone, an official app for iOS and Google Android phones so you can watch, listen, and read in much easier fashion inside the confines of a really snappy app. That's coming up soon. We know you wanted that. We're working hard to get it to you. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of John Solomon Reports. Until then, have a safe and blessed time with your family tonight. And remember, check out the breaking news. Whenever you need a news fix, go to justinnews.com. We not only give you the stories, we give you the facts and the data underneath them so you can make up your own mind. We hope you appreciate that. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a good night. Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800-200-GOLD. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News podcast network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, experts, politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? 
Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey. Oh, 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 o